This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Now, Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Schneimer. Good morning. Were you up late last night watching the American primaries? It's the best entertainment anywhere, but it is very serious business. After months of denial, it should now be clear that Donald Trump is poised to win the Republican nomination. Well, at least that's my opinion. He's tapped into this fierce well of anger among voters. The big news last night was that he did not completely sew it up four months before the convention. What should we expect and what does it mean for Canada? I'm on the line with Diane Francis, National Post columnist and editor-at-large, professor and author. Her latest book is Merger of the Century, Why Canada and America Should Become One Country. Hi, Diane. Hello. How are you? I'm grieving a little bit. I like Bernie Sanders. I don't think he's completely gone because I think he's the conscience of America. That's what I think he's going to serve purpose as. Well, he's he, he he's not completely gone. No, he's not. No, he's not. And he's going to show, I think, unless people are just saying there's no point, uh, a tremendous uh, strength in in the West Coast and in New York. These are huge, important states. There's 20 more primaries, but he's got to win like 55% of all of them <laughs> to do it. Well, Not impossible, but impossible. It's hard to believe that he would be president of the United States. He's another outsider uh, like Trump. So let's talk Trump. What did yesterday's results mean for him? Well, he's galloping on his way. Um, you know, it's, it's too bad because he wasn't even a touch gracious uh, and still kept talking about himself all the time. You know, when he made his victory speech last night, you really should have heard from him, this is this is terrific, now it's time to unify. You know, we've been dividing because we're squabbling, but he, we're going to move, you know, something... He sort of said something nice about Rubio. Yeah, well, that's to get his uh, votes yeah. in, the, in the coming primaries and put him right over the top. Uh, so, you know, I just don't see this guy as... As, I, I think he's got a basic character flaw. I don't think he has empathy. Mm. That's his problem. Makes fun of disabled people. Makes fun of someone's face, facial features. You know, calls out Mexicans as you know, name calling. I just, I just don't think he's he's got the character to be a leader. Okay, except uh, whether he has the character or not, it looks like a lot of people think he has the right stuff, or he's tapped into something very deep and i think it's 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 very similar to what bernie sanders has tapped into yes absolutely i think they're really the same i don't think they're candidates and leaders so much as because they're hoisted suddenly from nowhere as as the guys who are resonant with a movement and one is left of center and one is right of center and the movement in the united states is and you know the best articulator of this is bernie sanders because he has facts 
Uh, he doesn't call names, and he doesn't take the low road. He talks about the income disparity. He talks about the minimum wage not being enough to support a family. He talks about, um, you know, the rigging of the economy. He talks about campaign finance corruption. And those are the things that actually annoy the Trump voters as well. You say, well, he's a billionaire. He's part of the 1%. And proud of it. He's proud of it, but... He also is not taking any money from big corporations. He's financing it himself. That gives him the chops to talk along the same lines as Bernie. The other problem, though, I have is the empathy. He thinks the minimum wage of 7 bucks an hour is too high. I mean, well, he would have everybody live like we're in Vietnam. It's just, it's just there's something missing there. Okay, so, Diane, I want to give out the numbers again so we can hear from our listeners on what they think. It's 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And we want to hear what you think about yesterday's American primaries and what do you think it means for us here in Canada. Because, Diane, you know, from what everything that I've heard Trump say about trade— and also Bernie Sanders, they're both protectionists. I don't think this is a good thing for Canada. No, it's not a good thing for Canada. Uh, Hillary would probably be the most benign. I think Sanders would be benign as well, and Trump, because Canada's, uh, I think there's a nuance that Canadians have to understand, is that Americans, when they hear the word NAFTA, they think Mexico. They don't even think about Canada. When they hear the word Canada, they think of it as another country, but not a foreign country. So, you know, we are below the radar. That offends some people, but I think that's actually a good thing, public relations-wise, because they don't know that for years and years and years, you know, we've posted huge trade surpluses vis-a-vis the Americans. Not the case anymore, but... So, uh, Diane, know, I don't think we're going to get a rough ride. I have to interrupt you there, because I think that in, in some of those states that are close to our border, they they are aware of us. Oh, yeah, the border states are. And, you know, like Bernie Sanders is a good example. I mean, his... His uh, policies in terms of health care and other things are right out of the European and Canadian playbook. Uh, he's very aware as a border state person about Canada. Uh, but I'm saying that they don't think of it as a foreign country. They don't think of us as foreigners. They think of us as a country to the north, like a Scandinavia. But, you know, all of the negative uh, pejorative comments made about NAFTA are directed at Mexico. They're not directed at Canada. Right, but thing. if they bring in protectionist measures, won't it hurt us as well? Yeah, well, it, it will, but, you know, we do have NAFTA. That's not going to change. What is going to change is that, God forbid, we have some kind of terrorist problem that can be blamed on refugees or something like that. Uh, but we are moving very quickly, unlike Mexico and the U.S., because of a 2011 agreement between Stephen Harper and and uh, and Obama called uh, secure borders or something like that, and we're moving toward more collaboration and cooperation. So that's going to mitigate any possibility that we're we're caught unawares or they are. Mm-hmm. Back to this well of anger. Uh, do you think? Do you see something similar ever taking hold here? Because it, it's it's almost as though we had. The totally opposite phenomenon politically with Justin Trudeau. Yeah, I think you know Canada, and this is this is I'm a, I'm a dual citizen. I vote, live, pay taxes in both countries. Here's my take on it, and people are shocked that I'm I'm a Sanders supporter, 
because I'm a, a conservative person yeah. here, but a Canadian conservative is left to the Democrats. Canadian conservative parties never fought to get rid of our health care system and r- go to something like the Americans have, and so on and so forth. So basically, our system works pretty nicely for every every class of income. Uh, it's less. We have a lot less income disparity, a bigger middle class than they do down south. So my take is basically the United States needs a little more socialism, but Canada needs a little less. So I've always fought for us not going way down the NDP route here. But I must ad- you, you must admit that you know we we do take care of everybody pretty much in this country, including mental health and so on and so forth. So they do not. They do not. Okay, Diane, um, we know where you stand. And I've always said that Bernie Sanders, you know, might be a progressive conservative here. But I'm going to go to the phones. We have a caller, Jamie in Welland. And, uh, Jamie, you have a question for Diane? Yeah, I'd just like to say the people in the United States are think Donald Trump, uh, I don't know why he's so popular in that, but obviously he's hit a nerve with uh, with everybody. And... All the other uh, people that are running for the Republican have uh, dropped out, and uh, well, I, I no, think... they haven't all. Yeah, you let me let me. Uh, th- th- that's a good question. So here's how it breaks out. It, it's confusing to Canadians because we're, we 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 think we don't realize that these are echo chambers. That the Democratic contest and primaries are only within the family of the Democrats. The Republicans the same. So when Donald Trump gets forty percent. He's getting 40% of the 30% of Americans who are registered as Republicans. That means he's getting 12% of the overall voting electorate because there's almost 40% independence in the U.S. How they've been voting, don't know yet. So this is what's kind of confusing. And uh, I, I would say that, and it's already coming out, that a lot of Republicans are horrified they don't like him. And they will either sit out the election. I don't know if they'll hold their noses and vote for Hillary. And by the way, I want to say Hillary is is going to be fine. I'm just worried about the, some of the potential scandalous behavior that her husband and, and maybe implicating her is going to come out. And, you know, Trump has already got a lot of dirt on her as far as campaign contributions and so on, because he's made some of them. And so I'm a little worried about her vulnerability to a a nasty, nasty slug out with Trump, less so with Sanders, because he's a clean cat. So, you know, we've got to take it with a grain of salt. The the general election is going to be completely different. Okay. Uh, We have to take a quick break now. Jamie, thank you for your call. Thank you. And uh, Diane Francis, thank you so much for your input. Always fascinating. Thanks, Libby. Okay, we are going to come back with more on the American elections with Adrian Batra. We're going to hear from more of you callers, so get in line, call in, and we'll be back after a break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Here is Libby Snymer. Back, we are talking about the U.S. primaries, those crazy elections, and what they mean for us here in Canada. The number is 416-360-0740 or 1-866-744-740. And we are going to talk to Adrian Batra, but before that, I'm just going to take a call from one caller who has been waiting patiently. We have Ed in Toronto. Hi, Ed. Hi. Um, I just like to... Uh 
make some parallels, like you're saying, uh, what it means here in Canada, uh, what's going on in the U.S. Uh, it looks like people in the U.S. are uh, kind of supporting Donald Trump quite strongly now because they're fed up with the way things went over the years with the Bush administrations, getting them into trouble uh, right. in the Middle East there. Obviously, everybody knows, finally, uh, if they didn't know before they went in, that Iraq had no weapons of mass destruction and uh, that uh, the Bush and Cheney were selling uh, on the rebuilding of Iraq at 10 times the price with the, the corporation that Cheney was involved with. Yeah, and they're not too happy with Barack Obama either. And Barack Obama has done a reasonable job, but... Uh, he's been blocked a lot, too. He hasn't been perfect, but he's done a reasonable job in trying to uh, make some changes. Unfortunately, uh, Hillary Clinton has been getting some uh, support that uh, contributions that are questionable. For example, as uh, many people may not know, she was getting a lot of uh, money from uh, Monsanto Corporation, which is... Uh, banned in Europe. Uh, they don't want their, uh, them in there. Well, it's not banned, banned in the States. Yes, she's getting a lot of contributions and, and, and she has... Monsanto is involved with. It's and she GMOs, has huge... Right? Uh, she gets has had huge fees uh, for giving speeches. Endorsements, right. Right. And, so, and Ed, why don't we bring in Adrian well, Batra? Let me, let me parallel this to Canada. Uh, now, okay. Let me parallel this for you. So you can have an equation that's uh, equal. Okay, just For quickly, example, please. Uh, here in Canada, uh, we had Rob Ford in there as mayor because people were fed up with people going to the trough and, and milking the system. Uh, Trump is blowing the system up from inside out. Uh, actually, Ford did the same, and, and anyone that has any idea knows that Rob Ford would have been reelected because his brother almost did on three or four weeks running time uh, because people are fed up with uh, Bill Blair not addressing the public when he left office on his involvement in the G20. Okay, and, Ed. Uh, and on and Ed. being involved in uh, getting Peter slowly thrown Okay, out. Ed, I, I have to interrupt you there because we're getting a little bit off topic. Thank you very much for your call. And uh, right now we are going to Adrian Batra, the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you. It was a late night. I was up late watching all the results, and it was a very exciting evening. And and what did you make of the result? Well, I... I, I, if I may boldly, you know, just brag about my predictions. I put on my whiteboard in my office the day, yesterday exactly what I thought would happen. So I'm, I'm one at 100. percent The uh, one thing that surprised me the most, I will say, start talking about the Democrats for starters, that Clinton swept. Clinton swept all five states um, and handily, except for, of course, in Missouri and in Illinois, where Bernie Sanders at one point was ahead and you know so they went back and forth but ultimately um that clinton machine that get out the vote that she has is just so so strong um now bernie sanders does benefit a little bit from some of the results because the uh, democratic nomination remains proportional but it is going to be too he is running out of track to get to the uh, number for for his nomination uh, to get the nomination in july 
And uh, I think it's just it's basically hers to lose at this point. Well, that's right. But uh, then the election will be hers to lose. What do you make of Donald Trump's results and what do you think it means for us here in Canada? Well, the Donald Trump uh, steamroller just keeps on going. It doesn't matter what they throw at him. It doesn't matter what controversy. It doesn't matter what, you know, boneheaded thing he says. It seems to not hurt him. Now, what's interesting, of course, is Marco Rubio, the senator from Florida, lost summarily last night to Donald Trump. And so he gets out of the race, you know, bringing it down to the, to the final three. Um, and Marco Rubio, you know, I, I actually think he was quite palatable. Um, you know, there was this notion from the Clinton campaign that going into a general election, going up against Marco Rubio is what terrified them. So now that he's out, um, I mean, he's by no means out of politics. He's still got a bright future uh, in the GOP. But he is not going to be the main on the ticket. Maybe there's a possibility of him being on the VP card. Um, but John Kasich, the governor from Ohio, remains the sort of fly in the ointment for, for Do- Donald Trump. Had he won Ohio last night, this would basically be, be a over, fait accompli. Yeah. yeah, it would be a fait accompli going into the convention for the Republicans in July. But at this point, I have a very hard time seeing a road to, to 1,237 for Donald Trump before July. It's going to a broker convention. And well, just a minute. Let me. I, I have a question because I'm confused about this. The delegates are tied up for the first ballot, are they not? They are, except for now. Marco Rubio's delegates. Oh, are I released. see. Okay, yeah. So there's nearly 300 of them there, and each state, each county, it, it, the, the rules are very wonky and they're obscure. But every different part of this, of, of every state has different rules. But the general idea is Rubio's delegates are now released and so they will be free to nominate uh, vote for whom they want and what's interesting about that is last night sort of as everything was unfolding and when marco rubio was making his um his uh suspension like he was suspending his campaign his director of policy sends a tweet out saying it's time to get it's time for marco rubio support to get behind uh ted cruz so that is sort of the conventional wisdom right now is that all those Rubio supporters are going to get behind Cruz. So, you know, we, we, this has kind of been ugly and messy thus far. I think it's going to be very much more entertaining. Um, <laughs> and if you can imagine that. But you asked me what it means for Canada. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it means a lot just yet. You know, I mean, it's, it's, if it's Clinton that's the president, if it's Trump that's the president – Whomever is in that White House and, and, and our prime minister, they have to work together. No and matter and what. all that protectionist talk? Well, the protectionist, this is the interesting thing about, you know, sort of both sides of the aisle. You, if you hear from Bernie Sanders, you know, he's so anti-free trade, he wants to tear up agreements. You talk to, to Donald Trump, he doesn't like these, some of these free trade agreements. He doesn't like TPP. He wants to tear it up. So they, they, they sort of campaign on one extreme. But when it comes to governing, it's a very different story. You, you have to dial back the rhetoric. You have to sort of bring down the temperature in the room, as it were, and realize that you are going to have to work with other nations. You are going to have to do bilateral agreements. You do have to sit around a table and look, you know, dictators in the eye and try to get deals done. And so I, I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's a lot of it is bluster. Now, if Donald Trump wins, I mean, he's sure as heck going to try to build walls and do all these sorts of things. But He's going to have um, a Republican Congress, uh, you know, House and Senate that might block him on certain things. So. Okay. 
Yeah. Adrian, let's uh, let's take a call now. Deborah in Georgetown has been waiting. Hi, Deborah. Hi, lady. How are you? Fine. How are you? My first time talking to you. I've talked to Dale before, so oh. hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. You too. I had two. First one is um, American Canadians becoming American. No, thank you. American friend offered me that once. I said no. We're happy to be ourselves. Uh, we have our own idiots. Second <laughs> thing is. Um, <laughs> I find the media in Canada is spending so much time in the American election, and I know some Canadians are interested. A lot of us don't care. There's not a darn thing we can do about it, and I'm finding it's almost stressing a lot of us out because we're watching what's happening, worrying about, I can't see Donald and Justin getting along well, but um, enough. There's not a darn thing we can do about it, no matter who wins down there. We can't change the outcome. We can't ask our friends, dear friends in the States, vote for somebody else. That's their election. A little bit of news on it, yes, we want to hear news international, but enough already. It's been it's over a year. It's going to go on again. There's not a darn thing we can do to change the outcome. Okay, okay, but- Deborah, we, we hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Thanks. I, I, I respect what Deborah's saying, and... I, I mean, part of it for me, Olivia, like I'm just such a political junkie. I, I love this stuff. I just, it just, I eat it all up. But I think there's also just this intrigue factor. Um, we have never seen anything like this before. I mean, it is truly just a, 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 an extraordinary moment in, in U.S. politics because not only do you have the, the Trump factor, but you also have this sort of Bernie Sanders phenomenon um, going on, and you know that to borrow the social media thing, the hashtag stealing the burn. I mean, this is this is an abject rejection of what is referred to as the establishment of both sides, the GOP and the Democrats, and that to me is just it's, it's extraordinary. The the grassroots of both parties are just sick and tired of being dictated to. They don't want to be lectured anymore, and so I think you see this. This visceral response to that, and yes, it comes through in, t- in the TV, it comes through in the rallies, it comes through in the protests. Uh, I personally can't get enough of it, but I, but as I said, I do respect what Deborah's saying. <laughs> that's right. Thanks, thanks for putting that reminder with us, Deborah. Adrian Batra, thanks so much for your insight, and uh, I'm sure we will be talking again soon about the American elections. Even though we will bear in mind what Deborah had to say. Absolutely. Thanks. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, and now we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from 11 to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.